What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Next Level Freedom Church podcast. My name is Trenton Cruz. I'm the lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church in Jackson, Missouri. If you're seeking a church family that can help you grow in your relationship with Christ, or maybe you just want to check us out online, be sure to check out our website, www.nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. I hope today's episode will inspire you and encourage you as you fulfill the destiny God has for your life and fulfill your divine purpose in God's master plan. Thanks for tuning and God bless. All right, good to be here this evening. First of all, let me welcome you, our online audience, to Next Level Freedom Church. We thank you so much for tuning in. I am Pastor Brett Heilman, the associate pastor here at Next Level Freedom Church, and we're glad that you've joined us. And if you'd like to come visit us in person, that would be terrific. You can come see us at 1225 Old Cape Road, Jackson, Missouri, and we'd love to have you. Or 1030 on Sunday mornings for Joy Church as well at the same address. So how's everybody doing this evening? (laughs) Well, Trenton was right. This service has been leading up to everything I've got to say. Isn't it amazing how God does that? You know... You know how you have your pastors, you know what this is like. You have your sermon done, and you're thinking, I'm done, got it locked. And then you get up the next morning, and you start your day, and then God says, Hey, um, you know how you thought you were done? I got something else I want you to talk about. (laughs) So I'm at work today, and I get to thinking about this sermon. I get to thinking about this message. I get to think about this world. And I hear God, and He says, My church is being tested. He says, I'm testing the church right now. And everything Trenton just said about the last days and about where the church is and the the separating that's taking place, that was all what God told me to share. You ever know not where to don't you don't know where to start? God is testing this church right now. There's so many things that are taking place in this na- just in this nation. But it's happening all over the world. There's this testing. There's this shaking. There's, there's just something taking place. And the reason that I know that I'm not crazy and that I know that I'm right about this is because y'all remember that we didn't give the name of the church, but remember the church where you had to have the shot to come in, you had to have a mask on to come in, you couldn't get near nobody, you couldn't hug, you couldn't handshake, you couldn't do anything. There's that church, and then there's... The church where you see people's lives being changed. You see people laying hands on each other. You see people saying, I'm changed. I got up today and I'm different than I was yesterday. And I want to be ser- I want to serve God. I want to be used by God. You see the two extremes, don't you? That's how I know that there's a testing taking place right now. And, you know, I used to believe I was, I, I was rapture ready. I'm, I'm, st- I'm still ready to go, right? But I don't believe we're there yet. We're in the last days, amen? amen? But we're not in the last day just yet. Because there is work that is beginning to happen. There is a change in the church that is beginning to take place that has been prophesied, has been foretold for thousands of years that was going to take place. And we were born for such a time as this. We are living in that time. And we have a choice tonight, church, church. Joy Church, Next Level Freedom Church, and our choice is this. We're being tested. How are we going to stand? 
Because you see, it's just like Trenton's been talking about Gideon. And all of them, it dwindled down to 300. And that's what's happening right now. This, the, the whole church, the whole body of Christ is being shaken. And you're seeing a lot of the church, they're falling. And you know what? That's predicted to happen, that the church would they'd fall away. There'd be this great falling away. And we're seeing that take place. You can't come and worship unless you do all of these things. I've never read that. Or you have a church like what we have here. Come on in. We'll lay hands on you. We'll pray for you. We believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe in healing. We believe that Jesus is a great physician. Amen. We trust in him to do the things that he said he would do. Now, we're not foolish. Don't get me wrong. If I was sick, I stayed home because I didn't want to get other people sick. But at the same time, the Bible says, pray for those that are sick. And you know what this church did for me? They sent me a prayer cloth right there. They anointed it and they prayed over it and I got better. That's what the Lord is looking at right now. This was not my sermon, but it went right along with what I'm going to be talking about. And I had to start preaching before I start preaching. Amen. So I'm going to get me a drink so I can get started. No surrender, church. No surrender. That's the topic that we've been all over. Joy Church, Next Level Freedom Church, it's no surrender for us. We've got to stand firm. We've got to know what we believe. We've got to believe it. And here's what we're going to do. The title of my message is kind of twofold. First part of it is called, We Are the Ark. And then the main title is this, Build. we got to build. So here's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to be talking about Noah. I bet nobody knew that from the title, did they? <laughs> so I am going to read... I've got some scripture tonight, but I don't, you're not going to be flipping a whole bunch of times in your Bible, okay? I'm going to read most of the scripture all at once. So Genesis chapter 6, verse 1 through 8. It says, When man began to multiply on the face of the land, and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of men were attractive. We're going to talk about that a little bit. And they took as their wives, any they chose. Then the Lord said, My spirit shall not abide in man forever, for he is flesh. His days shall be a hundred and twenty years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God came into the daughters of man, and they bore children to them. These were the mighty men who were of old, the men of renown. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him to his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens, for I am sorry I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Man was evil only. They were evil continually. Now, I know things look bad right now in this world, don't they? But in this time, it was only evil. See, there, was, there wasn't none of this. It was Noah and his righteousness and his family that he had, and everything else was, it was bad. And, and God was like, look, I'm going to destroy everything because it's only evil continually. So that's all they knew. See, the, okay, see, the fallen angels had done something that corrupted all of the flesh on earth, and only Noah and his family were pure. The King James says that they were perfect. 
Noah was perfect in his generations. I love the King James because it's just, uh, anyway, it's so poetic in the way it talks. But So we're going to talk about more about that later. But I think what Satan was trying to do is to take out the bloodline of the Messiah. Now I'm going to talk about that here as we get a little bit further because i got some more reading to do yet. But the point is this, is that man was evil and God was getting ready. Let me say this one more time. Man was evil, but God was getting ready to do a reset. Sound familiar? There's a reset coming. Now the world's got their own reset that they think they're getting ready to do. But God, but God, right? God's got his reset. God's got his plans. God knows what he's getting ready to do. And he's been sharing that with us here. So let's go ahead and let's read 9 through 22. I know it's a lot of reading, guys, but once I get this, that'll be it for a little bit, okay? These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation, or as the King James says, perfect in his generation. Noah walked with God, and Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And the earth was corrupt in God's sight, and the earth was filled with violence. And God saw the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end of all flesh. For the earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself, make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and out with pitch. This is how you are to make it. The length of the ark is 300 cubits and its breadth 50 cubits and its height 30 cubits. Make a roof for the ark and finish it, excuse me, finish it to a cubit, cubit above and set the door of the ark in its side. Make it with lower, second, and third decks. For behold, I will bring a flood upon waters, a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh in which the breath of life under heaven. Which is, I'm sorry, I'm having trouble reading tonight. Which is the breath. Now my tablet's messing up. Don't you just love that? Technology, right? So let me start back at 16. Make a roof for the ark and finish it to a cubit above and set the door of the ark in its side. Make it with lower, second, and third decks. For behold, I will bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh in which in which is the breath of life under heaven. Everything that is on the earth shall die. But I will establish my covenant with you and you shall come into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives with you in every Living thing of all flesh shall bring two of every sort into the ark. And every living thing of all flesh you shall bring two of every sort into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female, of the birds according to their kind, and of the animals according to their kind, of every creeping thing of the ground according to its kind. Two of every sort shall come into you to keep them alive. Also take with you every sort of food that is eaten and stored up. It shall serve as food for you and them. Noah did this. He did all that God commanded him. I didn't think I was going to get through that, guys. <laughs> okay, so the first thing we see here is that Noah was a just man. And like I said a while ago, the King James says that he was a perfect man in all of his generations. So, He was chosen. God was going to use Noah in a way that was going to change the world forever. What have we been saying? What have I been saying in the times that I'm up here? Something great is getting ready to happen, and we're going to be a part of it. This church is going to be a part of it. It's going to be the epicenter. This is going to be where it starts. It's going to spread out from here. 
And it's going to be an amazing thing. And God's going to use this place to change this community forever. I believe that. So what was so perfect about Noah? Noah wasn't a perfect man, okay? Read scriptures. You find out he wasn't a perfect man. Here's what I really think that this means. And I've heard a lot of people teach on this, and you may disagree, and that's okay. But I think it was his blood that was pure. And here's why. I think it's his blood that was pure because it is believed that Noah and his family were the only ones left that had not been corrupted by the sons of God. See, now it says that the world was only evil continually. So something had taken place that made every person corrupted. Okay? Now we get a glimpse of that in Genesis chapter 6. And this isn't the main focus of my message tonight, but I think we need to have an understanding of this first. Um... So it is believed, oh, let me back up. So just let me back up to where I was. I think it was his blood that was pure because it is believed that Noah and his family were the only ones left that had not been corrupted by the sons of God. When the sons of God in the Old Testament is always referred to as the fallen angels, always. It says that they came into the women and the women bore Nephilim. Study out, see what the Nephilim was. The Nephilim were giants. What does the Bible say? There was giants on the earth in those days. Okay, so here's what I think happened. I think that we have an event taking place where angels fell. If you study a little further into scripture, you find out that they were called watchers. They were sent here to watch over the people. They got tempted, fell into temptation. It's believed that they sinned by going into the women, which is what Genesis talks about here. So it says that, they bore them children, and they were mighty men of old, men of renown. The Bible called them giants. So what I think happened was this. I think Satan had a plan. Okay, not somebody right now is going, this is really far-fetched. But you just read it for yourself and think about this. I think Satan had a plan. And here was the plan. If I can corrupt everybody on earth, if I can get everybody on earth to fall, then there can be no Messiah. Because if you can corrupt the bloodline of the Messiah, then he can never come to be the sacrificial lamb. Because he had to be pure, right? right? He had to be a pure sacrifice. But here's what happened. The Bible says everybody on earth was corrupted except who? Noah and his family. So the bloodline was to carry on through Noah. So God let Satan on that leash go just as far as he could go. Let him have everything. And then right before he got to Noah, he pulled him back and yanked him and told Noah to build an ark. Noah and his family was saved. Everything was wiped out and a reset took place. Satan didn't win. He thought he was going to win. He got very close. What's it look like is happening today? Satan's given this lease. And we keep praying. You know, we have, uh, John was talking about all the prayer points on Sunday. And you keep looking at all those. And you're like, Lord, where are you? Lord, how come you're not answering this? How come this isn't taking place? Satan's on a leash. And God's letting him go so far. And God, you see, here, here's the cool thing about this. God is allowing it. It's only because God allows anything to happen that it takes place. He's in control. The devil's not in control. God just lets the devil think he's in control, and then he pulls the rug out from under him. Amen? Amen. And I think that's what's going to happen again. 
It's going to go so far, and then Satan's going to get that leash pulled back on him, and God's going to show up and say, "Uh uh-uh. What happened back then is similar to what we're seeing today. So, the plan back then was to build an ark, and this ark saved their life. God kept them pure because he had a plan. See, there's a lot of similar things that we're facing here, but Noah's time was different. Noah's time was different than our time. You see, Noah was facing utter destruction. He knew that. He knew what was coming. God says, I want to send rain, and I need you to build a boat. The rain's going to come. It's going to rain a whole bunch. All these people's going to die. All this flesh, all this corruptedness is going to get washed away. Noah knew what he was facing. But see, we're living in a different time. We know that the end is coming, but it's not yet. You see, what we're working for is a little bit different. We're working for something else that's coming that's good. We're working for a harvest. We're working for a revival to begin to take place. See, Noah knew that he had to get this thing built to protect him and his family. Amen? You think about that for a second. He knew that he and his family would be the only ones that were going to make it on the boat. He knew that. I've heard a lot of people teach and preach and say, Oh, Noah preached to all of them out there, but they all rejected him. I think Noah knew. He knew it was going to be him and a bunch of animals. Now, talk about lack of motivation. i got to build a boat for a bunch of animals, <laughs> right? Lack of motivation. I don't know if I could have done it. But I believe that the Lord is speaking to the church right now in the same thing that he spoke to Noah, and I believe that he is speaking it to this group of believers. You know what I think he's telling this group of believers? I want you to build me a boat. I want you to build me a boat. But it's not for animals. We are going to build a boat, Next Level Freedom Church, Joy Church. Now let's talk about what it means. Let's break it down. The Lord wants us to build, first of all, ourselves. Right? Because we got a lot of Christians that don't ever crack a Bible. we got a lot of Christians that don't pray. No, I'm not pointing fingers. I'll use mine. You use yours, okay? You, you know yourself better than I know you. So we have a lot of Christians that are not willing to do what needs to be done. We have got to make sure that ourselves are being built. Our souls, our spirits are being lifted up because we've got to be in the Scripture. We've got to be in prayer. We have to be in fellowship. If we're not in those things, and you're not building upon yourself. That's the first step that needs to take place is you need to take a hard look at yourself. This means going deeper into God, building up your body spiritually. We need to get ready for what God is about to do. You see, Noah had to prepare for what he had to do. You following me? Is everybody tracking with me? Noah had to prepare He had to have tools. He had to have certain things in place. He had to get the wood. He had to go. It wasn't like the movies where the the wood, there's the wood. Go build it, Noah. No, he had to get the wood. He had to cut down the trees and do all the things that he had to do to build this ark. You've got to prepare to build this boat. I've got to prepare to build this boat. So that means that we've got to work together. That's all of us. We need to be in the Word. We need to be prayed up, and we need to be functioning in the role that God has given you. Uh Uh-oh. Remember those sermons that I preached about how we're all heroes? Remember how we talked about how you have to be walking in your gift? Here it is again. You have to be functioning in the role that God has given you. You know what happens? 
Let's say we're building a boat. You know what happens if, uh, think of Noah's boat. What if he forgot to put a plank on the bottom part of the boat? Maybe he's working on this side and his sons are all over there going, it's a good looking boat, dad. I think it's going to be all right. Nobody walks around to the other side to realize that they didn't even put any planks on that side of the boat. What would have happened? It would have sunk. So here's, what's good. Here, here's what could happen. I'm going to pick on Pastor Trenton. <laughs> if Pastor Trenton isn't walking in his function, in his role, it's going to make this boat here, it's going to make every other operation, every other part of that boat's going to have to work that much harder to pick up for where he's slacking. Where the boat might sink. Oh, that puts a lot of weight and pressure on all of us, don't it? Because that means that I've got to take responsibility for my own actions. Uh-oh. Yeah, you've got to take responsibility for your own actions. You have to do the things that God's telling you to do and not worry about the things God's telling me to do. You're going to have to trust that I'm going to do what God told me. Now, yes, we need to keep each other accountable. Yes. But you've got to take care of your own function. And you've got to make sure that you're ready. We got to work together. Something that we all must understand is this, is it's going to take time to build a boat. How long did it take Noah to build his boat? Was it? it, it was, yeah, I can't remember off the top of my head. <laughs> I was hoping one of you guys knew, right? <laughs> it took a long time to build that boat. This boat's not going to be built in a day. But here's one thing that I do know is God didn't put these two churches together for no reason. Something is taking place here. Something's being built. Something is in the process of being built. And we have got to continue to function in that role that he's given us. This church, this body has come together for a reason that only God knows. Because you know what? It's not normal to people. For two churches to come together and worship together, they, they can't comprehend it. I comprehend it just fine because I love you guys to death. It doesn't bother me a bit that there were two churches that come together. I think of us as one church. It's, we're just the body of Christ that all meets in this building right here. And I don't see, it's, to me, it's the book of Acts. It's what it's supposed to be, coming together, fellowship, and eating. Praise God. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. Every Sunday. That was one of the things I longed for was fellowship and doing things with you guys and, and having events and stuff. And here we are. We've got something every couple of months. It's neat how we have something every couple of months. We're building on something. We're building. And each one of these events, you know, that we've done has grown and been something different. That's God moving here. That's God building. And that's how I know that we're in the right place and that we're building this boat. We are building something that is going to change the area and have a lasting effect that will last. Are you ready? And I really believe this. What we're building is going to have a lasting effect for generations. This is not going to be something that dies out in five to ten years. It's not. This is going to be big. It's going to be huge. And God has not given me some grand vision that I can see everything or whatever. But I just, Trenton says, I know in my knower. I just know he, he doesn't put he's not going to put this together and then just let it fall apart.
But it's going to come down to us too. Are we going to work together? Are we going to build this boat? Amen? So anything that is worth doing will take time. And also, it's going to take effort. And oh boy, here comes the big one. Y'all ready for this? So it's going to take time. And it's going to take effort. And it's going to take sacrifice. If you're, not re- if you're not willing tonight to make any sacrifices for what God's doing here, then I suggest that you go home and you get before Him if you really want to be a part of what He's doing. Because it will take sacrifice. It's, it's going to take a lot of stuff. But sacrifice is one of them. Just like Noah had to put in the work, he had to put in the time, he had to put in the effort, and he also had to make a sacrifice to get his work done. I'm sure he had blisters, I'm sure he was tired, I'm sure his feet hurt, and I'm sure he stepped on a lot of stuff with all the animals there. He didn't want to step in and his sandals. I bet he went through a lot of sandals. I know I would have. He went through a lot of stuff that he didn't want to have to go through. Everybody's still laughing. That was fun. Think about, think about it. That's a lot of animals, right? We go to the zoo and we're thinking, man, that kind of stinks around there. But no, he had all of these animals coming eventually. And he had to finish this thing. But see, there's a problem with Christians. Noah was willing to make the sacrifice. Noah was willing to put in the time, and Noah was willing to put in the effort. But here's the problem that I see with a lot of Christians. Most of them not even willing to pick up a hammer, let alone go build something. When you have churches that won't let you come in because you're not vaccinated, you're not ready to build nothing. Come on. Think about that out there. If you're not... Pastors, if you're not willing to open the doors to people that are hurting, you're not ready to build. You're not. It is about... There are people that are hurting. They are hurting. I'm getting chills up here. I'm sorry, guys. There are people that are hurting so bad right now. There are people in this nation losing their job because of a vaccine, because they're standing up for what they believe in. Take it if you want. Take it if you don't want. It's your choice. But you shouldn't lose your job over it. It's hurting them. It's hurting their families. There's people that are sick. And I'm not just talking about the, the C word. You got to watch what you say. They'll take the videos down now. So I'm not just talking about that. People that, are, people that have cancer, people that have all these different kinds of diseases, and they can't get into your church because you're afraid that they might give you something. It's ridiculous. Amen. We're called pastors, preachers, teachers, worship leaders, People in the congregation, we're all ministers. We're called to lay hands on the sick. We're called to do something more than what the world is doing. And we're too busy listening to everything that the world tells us to get enough gumption to stand up and be the church that Christ called us to be. We're too scared. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. That right there should be enough. But he also said of love. And you could stop it there. But he said, no, I'm going to give you a sound mind, too, so that you don't have to fear when the sick people walk in the door. You can know that you're okay, and then you can lay hands on them so that they'll be okay, too. That's our job. Pastors, that's our job. Ministers, that's your job. Congregation, all of us, it's our job. And if we're going to build a church, you better be ready for everybody that walks in here. We're going to talk about who they're going to be. In just a little bit. I need a drink after that, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, so brings me to sacrifice. 
Church, we have to make sacrifice. So let me do this. I'm going to start with the pastors. Is it okay if I... I don't intentionally mean to step on any toes. If I step on toes tonight, you should have wore stronger shoes. That's all I know to tell you. Okay, because I'm going to... God's given me some things to say that need said. And I'm not picking on any person, okay, because most of the things I'm talking about years in the years in past, I was corrected on as a young pastor, okay? So that's why I'm saying them. I feel like God wants me to say these for, even for the congregation. This is for you as well, because there's, there's some things in here for you. So I'm going to use mine. You guys use yours, okay? Point at yourself. I'll point at myself. If everybody points at me, we're going to have tr- trouble. <laughs> so... <laughs> Pastors, we got a huge responsibility on us. Now, here's what I'm glad about. I'm glad that we have a lot of pastors here. We have pastors that are willing to stand up, stand out. We're willing to be here for the congregation. We're willing to be here to the best of our ability. Amen? I mean, there's times things come up. There's times things happen, but we're here, and you know that we're here for you. I think that's evident. So I'm glad that we have that. Pastors, it's our job to shepherd the people, be there for them in here, but out there as well. See, that's, that's one of the things. And th- this is for the congregation and Christians in general. You're not just a Christian when you come into church. I don't know where that got. You're a Christian out there more importantly than in here. If that sounds right, I don't know if that sounds right, but it's the facts. It's our job out there to be pastors as well as in here. Uh, Pastors, we need to be here and be ready to minister to the people when they walk in the door. We need to be here and be ready to minister when other people walk, when when the congregation walks in the door. Pastors, we should already be here. We really should. And here's why. Do you know how much ministry takes place outside that door before people ever walk in? I bet you a lot of, I bet you people don't, I bet you a lot of pastors don't think about this. Did you know? That a smile and a handshake will change a person's life more than that sermon will that day. Amen. So outside that door there, you have handshakes, you have smiles, you have hugs, you have small conversations before people walk in. You have new people walk in and they're greeted by two or three people that says, hey, how you doing today? I'm Pastor Ed, I'm Pastor Trent, and I'm Pastor Brett, I'm Pastor John. That's a lot of pastors to be greeted at. <laughs> at the door. But the idea is this. They feel welcome when they walk up to the place. That ministry, in many, and, and don't, no pastors take this wrong, but that ministry that takes place at the door, there needs to be somebody there, is just as important, if not more important. Because the way they feel when they come to a place is what's going to bring them back. Amen. Whether they liked your preaching or not, how the congregation makes them feel is what's going to bring them back. Think about these things. Think, Pastors, we've got to think on these things. We've got to be here early, pastors, and we have to be ready to serve. All right, now I'm going to pick on the associates. That's me included. John, you're, we're, we're, we're in this together, okay? It's just me and you, buddy. <laughs> Associate pastors. So I guess I'm talking to me and John tonight right now, okay? Maybe it's best that I lost my spot. (laughs) So this includes me. We are here to help the lead pastors prepare. We've got to be here, John, to help these lead pastors be ready for their message. Or 
when Ed's leading worship or Trenton's helping with worship. We need to make sure, and I, you know, we got to think about the little things. We got to make sure that there's bottles of water up here for our pastors when, before they preach. We got to make sure that we're at the door in case the pastor's in here speaking with somebody that's, that's new. In case he gets called away for something to go pray for somebody. Whatever it is. And I'm not saying that we need to be at their beckoning call. No, it's our, it's what we should do. It's what we should do. Because when we're up here preaching, I'd like to think that they would help us in any way that they can as well. We need to set the example for the church. The church needs to see us taking care of them. They need to see that. The same goes for children's ministry. We need pastors. We need to go out of our way to help Ruth and to help Ashley and Afton when she's over there and Yvonne when she's over there. We need to make sure that they have everything they need. And I know that I probably fail in that. But those are our roles. And we need to make sure that we're doing them. That's why we're going over this tonight because we're trying to build on something. If we're going to build, then we have to build it properly. And we have to build it right. Now, uh, pastors, we need to be here and be ready. And this is what, this is one of the things that was told to me. So this is what I make it a point to do. We need to be here, pastors, at least 30 minutes early. Now, I know lead pastors are typically here earlier than that. But most of us know that most people don't get to church 30 minutes early. They get to church five minutes late <laughs> or right on time or five minutes early. Pastors, we need to be here early, number one, for when they come in, for when our congregation comes in, but also for when new people are going to show up. Because, you know, new people typically don't show up right on time or after the service has started. They get here a little early because they, they don't know where they're going. They don't know where they're going to sit. They don't know who to talk to. They know nothing. We need to be here at least 30 minutes. So... <clears throat> Pastors, teachers, preachers, worship leaders, more is expected of us. More is expected of us from God, and we got to be ready to be here and to build. So, now that I've picked on the pastors, I hope everybody's still with me. No one's got up and walked out or stoned me or tarred and feathered or anything like that. Now for the congregation. There's more of you, so i got to be careful. <laughs> we need to all be here early. We do. And here's the reason you need to be here early, and it's real simple. And I'm not going to pick on you as long, okay? When the pastors are at that door and we're greeting those people and they walk in here, there needs to be somebody to say, hey, such and such, feel free to sit anywhere you like. Or, hey, how you doing? Where are you from? Nice to meet you. That's your guys' job. It's our job, but after it's our job, it becomes your job. We need to be here early. And I'm not saying that you're not. I'm saying this, all of this stuff as reminders. Because we are in a time right now where God is building this place. And he's taking us to higher levels. He's taking us to new places that we've never been before. He is preparing us as we've been talking about. And we've got to be willing to let God build us and prepare us for what's coming. So, told you that wouldn't be too bad, did I, guys? Here's my point to all of this. Noah was building an ark for him and his family, but he was waiting for an influx of animals. That's what Noah was waiting for, was all these animals to start coming in. Like I said, I'd build a boat for a bunch of animals. Now, 
If you look at it, you're, he knew he was doing God's will because he knew there was going to be a reset. It was going to be a new new world, so to speak, right? These animals are going to walk off the boat and disperse out into the whole world. And when you look at it like that, it's really cool. So let's look at this like what I'm getting ready to say here. Noah was waiting for the animals. But we're building this church in preparation for an influx of people, Amen. for an influx of souls. And I'm not talking about just building this church and putting butts in the seats. I'm talking about the church that's going to be out there that's going to be hurting. I'm talking about the people that's going to be drug addicts coming, saying, hey, I need some help. I heard that you guys do prayer cloths. Or, hey, I heard that you guys lay hands on the sick. Hey, I've got cancer, and I've heard that God's been healing people here. That's the influx of people that I'm talking about. Yeah, I want, to see, I want to see a new facility, praise God, and I want to see thousands of people in these seats. But what I want to see is the hurting and the sick coming to be healed. Because that's what God is building this church for right now. That's what He's doing. If it was just for us to come in here and to have church, and it's all a big waste of time. Because he loves our worship. He loves our praise. But if we're not winning souls and we're not doing things that are going to bring people into the kingdom of God, then what's all this for? Amen. Noah was waiting for the animals. God's going to bring souls here. And if you're not ready, if you're not willing to take the time and the effort and make a sacrifice to put, to put some effort into leading somebody to the Lord, then why are you here? Why are you here? That's something we've got to ask ourselves tonight. If you just come here to, to, play, to listen to music or, or to play music or just come here to, to feel good about yourself, <laughs> you're in the wrong place tonight. Hmm. What is coming is good times and hard times. Because what Trenton was talking about earlier, we're seeing signs of the times. We're seeing the end things, the beginning of these birth pains begin to take place. And if you really want to know what I think is going to happen is we're going to see revival and God is going to do a lot of good things. But I think we're going through some rough things to get to where he's taking us because that's the way it always goes. Amen. Look what Noah had to go through at the time he was living in. Go back and read it. I'm not going to rehash it. Go back and read what he was living through. Evil continually. Everybody around you hates your guts and wants you dead. That's evil continually. Throwing rocks at you while you're building the thing. Trying to kill you on a daily basis. That's what he was dealing with. What are we dealing with? It's, we're dealing with all kinds of stuff. We've got a vaccine mandate they're trying to put on people. People are losing their jobs. People are losing their homes. People are uh, dying of sicknesses and they can't get into the churches. And they can't get into hospitals to see their loved ones that are laying there dying of all these other sicknesses. All because of one other disease. That's 99.9% .9 survivable. Amen. You see, we're facing similar things in our time. But God is trying right now to build up his church to get them to stand up tall and stand up proud to believe in the God that heals and the God that cares. God is calling up a church that's not going to stay seated. There's churches that are still sitting. There's churches with their doors locked. There's churches that won't let you in because you ain't got a shot. Those churches are done if they don't change their ways. 
in churches like this, and I'm not boasting in our church, boasting in the Lord. Because what the Lord has done here, we've seen cancer healed. We've seen people's lives change. We've seen people's attitudes change in a mighty way. We've seen people rise up and step into their gifts. We're seeing the move of God. And, oh, man, we're going to see it so much better than we've ever seen it. And this revival, this revival is going to start something in Jackson. Y'all better be ready. Jackson, you better be ready. Because Next Level Freedom Church and Joy Church is going to stand in the gap. And we're going to stand and we're going to serve God no matter the consequences. And it's going to take time and it's going to take effort and it's going to take sacrifice. And I'm almost done, guys, I think. Almost done. Excuse me. Mm. Okay, so. What is coming is good times and hard times. The Lord is going to move and we will see revival, but we will probably also see the hard times and God will want, and, I'm sorry, and people, and people are going to want somewhere to turn. You realize that there's people out there right now that have no idea what to do? They have, and I'll admit, when fear comes on me like that, thinking about, man, I could lose my job, man, I could lose everything. Fear wants to come on you. And I say, no. God, you took care of me when I had no job and my wife was pregnant. You took care of me when we lost our insurance and my wife was pregnant. You took care of me whenever my wife was out of work. He's always made a way. And he'll make a way this time. He's going to make a way. It may not be the way that we want or the way that we think, but he's going to make a way. And there's people that's been through harder things than I've been through, and God's made ways. It's all about whether you're going to trust in Him and lean on Him, or you're going to let this world and all these news channels and the guy sitting in the White House, if you're going to let them instill fear on you, or you're going to trust in this. Because this is alive. This doesn't get sick. This doesn't go to the hospital. This is alive, this is the Word of God, and it will heal you, it will change you, and it will bring you to a place in God that fear can't come. And that's what we got to hold on to, guys. So, be ready for the lost, be ready for the demonic, be ready for the sick, be ready for the terminal ill, and be ready for those that have absolutely no hope. And most of all, guys, be ready to show them that you have hope and that you have faith and that this God we serve is real and he's loving and he's a God of miracles. Do you believe it? Say amen. Amen. Say it again. He's a God of miracles. He's a God of miracles. He can take care of any sickness you got. He can take care of any financial burden you got. He can do it, but he's going to do it in his time. It comes down to faith. It comes down to having hope in him. What God is saying is just be ready to be used. Get up off the sidelines, stand together as one body, as one church. And what are we doing here, guys? I love this because it says one body and one church. It's because there's two banners on that back wall right there. We are coming together in something that is going to be remarkable for this community. I don't see anybody else putting up a tent out there. What's everybody else doing? Locking their doors? I mean, I'm not going to speak for every church because I'm sure there's some good churches out there. But what I'm saying is, is we have chosen 
We've made the decision to not sit on a sideline praying that the coach don't put you in. <laughs> I, sit on a, I sit on that sideline for far too long. But I wanted in the game. I wanted in the game, just didn't know how to get there. I'm in the game now. We're in the game. And you know what? We're not just in the game. We're in the big leagues. Because we're willing to take a step out and we're willing to do something that nobody else is doing. So let's do it. And let's not just do it half-heartedly. Let's build this boat. And remember, you've got to do your part because if there's a hole in the boat, it's going to sink. I got one more thing I want to throw out there. We've got things that need done. I don't know how I want to say this, Lord. There are things that need done in this body. We have needs. Guys, we need a youth minister bad. If these kids don't have somewhere to go, and I'm not knocking children's church of any kind, don't we got kids that are getting too old for it. That's just what I'm saying. I got an 11-year-old. Next June will be 12. There's not going to be a place for her. Jasmine's getting ready to turn 12, well, this month practically because tomorrow's October, right? Friday is the 1st of October, yes. That's right. So and, and there's, there's other kids. There's other kids here that are at that. They're getting ready to step into that teenage thing. We've got to have a place. We've got to be looking. Or if it's you, talk to Pastor Ed, talk to Pastor Trenton we'll figure something out if it's you think about it if it's you but guys we have needs in this church it doesn't matter if the toilets need scrubbed or the floors need vacuumed or or the windows need washed or whatever it is you get in there be a part of the ball game be a part of the game but we have needs if you want to serve and you don't know where to serve then talk to one of the pastors don't be the part of the boat that's not working you might just be the, what, the rudder that makes it move and you're not doing anything, right? Depending on what kind of boat we got. Maybe you got one of these boats. You got to keep doing this. <laughs> and your arm's broke and you're not doing nothing. <laughs> the point is, in order for this boat to be built, you've got to do your job. So, uh, are you ready to build a boat? Amen. All right, I got one more scripture I want to read you and then I'm going to quit, guys. I've kept you long enough. This is found in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1 through 14. And I want everybody to put themselves into this, okay? I want you to really think about this. So I exalt the elders among you as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you. Exercise oversight. Not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you. Not for shameful gain, but eagerly. Not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive an unfading crown of glory. Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may, he may exalt you, 
casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, here it is, guys, your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood all throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. You will be the dominion to him be the I'm sorry, to him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Final greetings. So in verse 12 says by Silvanius, Silvanus, a faithful brother, as I regard him, I have written briefly to you, exhorting and declaring that this is the true grace of God. What does it say? Stand firm in it. She who is at Babylon, who was likewise chosen, sends you greetings, and so does Mark, my son. Greet one another with a kiss of love. Peace to you all who are in Christ. Just like it said, stand firm in this calling. Stand firm and let's build this boat. Be watchful, be ready. Resist the enemy. How do we do that? For God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Put on your armor. Put on the armor. And remember... No surrender. No surrender. So pray up, read up, exercise your gifts, and be ready to build a boat. Amen. Amen. At this time, I'll dismiss you listening online. I want to give you an opportunity. I know you've heard a lot, talked about a lot tonight, but the main thing is the main thing, and that is Jesus came and he died for you and for me for everybody he came and he died so that we can have life and life more abundantly if you want to receive Christ as your savior or make your home in heaven someday then here's all you need to do well here's the first thing you need to do just repeat after me say father I know I'm a sinner I know I've messed up I know that you died for me and I believe that you rose on the third day Please forgive me of all of my sins. Wash me clean and make me white as snow. Come and live inside of my heart and change me daily. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer, congratulations. You are a new creation in Christ. Your old ways have passed away. Behold, all things become new. It's an exciting time in your life. Tell somebody, find a good church. If you're in this area, come check us out here. You've got the address there probably on the screen. Come check us out. But above all, get into the Bible, read it, and get into a prayer life. Thank you so much for tuning in. Bye.